0: Then we brought sex to marriage, which comes with, first and foremost, the democratization of contraception. Then with the gay movement, both of them challenging the power dynamics in society as well as introducing the concept of sexual identity. And with that, the first thing that changes is that sexuality is no longer just relegated to the world of nature and biology, kind of part of our condition. It becomes now a feature of who I am part of my values and my identity and then we connected marital happiness with sexual satisfaction today we want the same person to give us security and adventure I want to reconcile with you my needs for safety and security and stability and I want also to have with you mystery and transcendence and awe and novelty I want you to give me comfort and edge excitement and familiarity it's a fantastic paradox that we are trying to manage
1: well, and it's also asking a great deal of everyone involved. You want want me to tell you everything about uh, myself. I want to know everything about you. We are too much together. How do you maintain excitement in that kind of union?
0: Well, there are two parts to that. We are asking today from one person to give us what once an entire village used to provide. We may not be more insecure today, but we definitely are bringing all our insecurity needs to one person. And in our efforts to secure love, we often will trample the passion. If the verb that accompanies love is to have, the verb that accompanies desire is to want. Love doesn't want secrets. Love wants to narrow the gap, to neutralize the threat. to It wants closeness, but desire needs space to thrive. It likes the unknown. It likes the unexpected. It likes mystery. If desire is fueled by the unknown, then faced with the unknown in our midst, we can have two primary responses. Either I'm anxious, either I become curious. If I'm anxious, I'm going to close up. I'm going to create something that is fixed, reliable, and don't surprise me and I'm going to complain of marital ennui and boredom. If I'm open, then I kind of am able to see you and to see the persistent mystery that is in my partner. And then I can uh, actually play with this wonderful formula that passion is commensurate with the amount of uncertainty that we can tolerate.
1: I'm curious, I guess, you talk about the the paradox of of the necessity of of aloneness, of separateness in relationships, where does that paradox find its answer?
0: So the way I've come to understand it, and from listening to many, many people, is that desire needs a bridge to cross, a certain emotional distance that allows me to come and visit you. Sometimes people confuse intimacy with fusion, and there is not enough space anymore to go and visit or be visited by another person. Another way of saying it would be to say that love and desire, they relate, but they also conflict, and herein lies the mystery of eroticism.
1: You want to get to know each other, you want to know more, but you also want to remain separate in order to maintain the mystery.
0: Or you never know the person that is next to you. In fact, that's an existential reality. When people, you say it like that, and they say, what do you mean, I know my partner, I've been living with them for 20-something years, and so on. So I began to play with this question that I've asked pretty much the world around, which is, when do you find yourself most drawn to your partner? And all over the world, people are responding to me with a set of answers When we've been away, when he's away, when we reunite, basically emphasizing the aspects of longing and absence. And the second part of answers have to do with when I see my partner on stage, when I see my partner in his passion, in her element, competent, confident, radiant, basically when I look at my partner from a comfortable distance, not five centimeters from each other blended into one and not that far away that I can no longer see their contours. Then you have the notion of the uncertainty. The idea that we want to think that love can be secure is probably something that makes God laugh. The vulnerability of love is that we can always lose. And so, in fact, once you accept this idea that your partner doesn't belong to you, then you actually shield yourself from that pseudo-transparency in which you think there's nothing left in between us for, to discover. And if there is no discovery and no exploration left, then where does the desire come from?
1: Do you see this changing as years go by? Do you have younger people coming to you with different attitudes toward this?